Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Softball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have returning to the panel, Jessica Euler, Weber State's own. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty dang good. Glad to be here again. Yes, we're glad to have you. And then we also have the Signpost's own, Emily Miller. Emily, uh, the sports editor at the Signpost, joining us once again. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad I was able to come back. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you back, and uh, we're excited tonight to talk a little bit a little bit about softball because we had a banner weekend up in Pocatello. So um, let's talk a little bit about the show tonight. Uh, we've got a player interview for you folks. Uh, we're going to be interviewing um, reigning Big Sky co-player of the week and um, freshman catcher Mika Chong. She's on the show tonight. Can talk to us a little bit about her journey from the Bay Area to Ogden and Weber State and the success that she's had at the plate, which has been a lot earning her Big Sky Player of the Week honors right now. So we're going to talk to Mika a little bit about that. Uh, then we're going to do a weekend review, talk about the three games, very windy games up in Pocatello this last weekend against a good pitching staff like we talked about last weekend or last week. And so we'll dig through that series and then look forward to this weekend series against the T-Birds. The T-Birds are coming to Ogden for the last time for a conference series. So we'll talk a little bit about that and kind of how we expect that to play out. So before we get into that, well, we want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all great places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team and um, and and get that good stuff right in your ears. Um, we're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is a great place to chat with us. And then we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and become a patron and support the work that we're trying to do to highlight athletes like Weaver State's own Mika Chong tonight. And then um, go ahead and give us a rating, whether that's on, you know, one of those podcast channels. You know, you can always rate us on Facebook. Um, ratings are the new are the new gold, I guess. I don't know. Ratings are super important, they tell me. So we would hope that you would rate us wherever we are. Help us to uh, get some of that street cred. We know you love us. Let other people know that you love us, though. That's the secret. And we want to give our, a shout-out to our sponsor tonight, Studio 9-8. If you're looking for a ring that's not boring really cool designed by a fellow wildcat check out studio nine eight their local jeweler run by like i said fellow wildcat and former football player the spring game is coming up in a couple of weeks and so um check out their their designs on the website at studio 98.com that's studio n-i-n-e-8.com they got a lot of really interesting stuff they use a lot of different woods a lot of different colors uh from what i've seen they've been i'm selling around town in ogden lately as well showing up to pop-ups and things like that so check them out but if you miss them you can always go to their website, and uh, I bet you if you put in a request, they will make you this ring right here on my finger, a flying W ring. So check out Studio98.com. Really want to thank those guys for supporting Weaver State Weekly. So now let's uh, let's get into it. Let's 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 bring in the freshman catcher, Mika Chong. Mika, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us on Weaver State Weekly. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited. So and so and so, well, uh, let's let's start from the beginning. Uh, like I said at the top, originally from the Bay Area, just south of San Francisco, close to Palo Alto. Uh, really nice place to grow up, it seems. A uh, really nice area. Um, so, talk to us a little bit about that, about playing softball in the Bay Area. I mean, is softball like really, really big in the area? Like, talk to us a little bit about your, about your high school days and kind of your journey of getting recruited. Yeah. So, growing up in the Bay Area, softball. For girls, at least, is pretty big, I would say. 
um, like you go every city pretty much, they either have their own league or their own team. Uh, there's a lot of club teams and a lot of people who are just really competitive there. And so like growing up in the Bay Area, I think that there was a lot of competitive people playing as well as just like the whole atmosphere around the Bay Area and around where I live. Softball is pretty much a big part of like how girls grew up. Um, in high school, I'd say kind of the same thing. Um, uh, the high schools near me, there were a lot of schools that were just really competitive. Um, it felt a lot like, um, I'd say like a um, not as competitive club ball team, but honestly, high school was always really fun. Uh, you got to meet new girls that you wouldn't usually play with. And honestly, it was just a really fun time. And then being recruited, I'd say just California in general, just really, really competitive. Yeah. Everything there is competitive, fast paced. Yeah. But I like getting recruited was really looking at schools in the snow, uh, not necessarily Weaver, but just schools that would give me a different atmosphere. And I really want to experience something new. So um, I was reaching out to just a bunch of schools and Coach Amacone just showed interest. And I was just like, I'm going to go check out Weaver. So my dad and I drew up, drove up here during my spring break. And we were, this was during COVID also. So we were just standing from afar. We probably looked really weird because we were just like two people just staring at them having practice. But uh, Courtney Kemper, actually, she showed me around. She um, showed me the dorms, kind of all of that. And then I was able to take a, a tour around the campus. And honestly, I thought it was really cool. Um, just the campus is so beautiful. And I came when it was uh, spring. So everything, everything was kind of like starting to bloom. But there was also still snow. So I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of how I really, really started wanting to go to Weber. Yeah. And so, uh, like you said, California, very competitive when it comes to softball. I mean, we've talked to some of your teammates who have come from Southern California and, you know, standout players like Chloe Camarero. When she, we had her on the show earlier in the season, she talked about how just, you know, she was playing at the club level and there was a lot of competition. And so she felt a little bit behind in some ways, but we've seen the success that she's had, you know, and so California just seems to be a really, really good place for Wildcat the Wildcat Club to go and find talent. They found a lot of talent like yourself in, in California, both now North and South. And so it seems to be working out pretty good, whatever Coach Hamacone and staff are doing, recruiting you ladies to come to Ogden. Yeah. I say there's so many girls here that just aren't from Utah. And I was so shocked when I came here. Like there are girls from Hawaii, girls from uh, not Seattle, Washington. But like there's just so, so many girls from like, the West Coast that I just wasn't expecting. And I think that was a really nice surprise when I came here as well. I wasn't able to meet all the girls when I came because of COVID regulations. But right. like when I was able to come, it was so cool to see so many different people here. So that was one of the other big things that I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Mika, when you were looking at schools, how'd you find Weber? Like what drew, I, I know you were looking for schools in the snow, but like, how were you like, this is somebody I'm going to email. What did you come across that made oh. you success? Yeah, so honestly, like, I was just looking at schools and I was just kind of researching. I There wasn't really, like, a pinnacle of, like, 
I found Weber. Weber kind of just found me and we kind of just, like, or, yeah, we kind of just met and we just like meshed really well together. Um, like originally I really wanted to go into business and I think I really solidified wanting to go here when I took a tour because they were like, oh, we have this really good business program. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go into business. Now I don't want to go into business, but that's a different story. <laughs> so, what are you now, Mika? so now I'm, I'm going into professional sales, kind of similar, not, not the same, but I found that business just was not for me. So I changed from business to sales and I'm very much liking it now. It's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Sorry, Goddard yeah, guys. So. Accounting is boring. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> Accounting is super boring because I'm with you, Mika. I, 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 you know, I was like, ah, I kind of want to go to business. And then I had to take all these accounting classes. Like, man, I'm going to take this class because I have to, but I'm not going to like it. Just yeah, saying. exactly. I, oh, God. Yeah. I was talking to Chloe because Chloe is in business and stuff. And she's like, yeah, like I took statistics. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look into major changes. This is... <laughs> I'm not sure about statistics, but yeah, um, definitely. So the business program really hooked me and I'm really big into art. So they also had a really good art program and I was able to go into the art building and they had this beautiful mural of a butterfly. And I was like, oh yeah, this is so cool. So I love that also just was great. It was great. The whole experience, just being able to visit. And by the way, I mean, if you guys don't know this, I mean, here, so a little Weber State secret here, guys. So inside of the art building, there's a little coffee shop called Art Elements. Best coffee and hot cocoa on campus, guys. It's in there. It's in it there. It is. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Emily, you have any questions for Mika Chong? Um, no. Well, what's been your favorite part, maybe besides softball and academics that you didn't know you were going to love about Utah? Oh my God. Okay. So (laughs) the people and like, this is, this is so weird. I like coming here. I didn't know a lot about anything about Utah. Really. I just was in my little California bubble, just living life out there. And then I come here and people are so chill here. No one's like bustle, bustle, bustle. Like got to get places. And I'm like, wow, people are really mellow here compared to California. That was shocking. Also just, I think everyone's more chill here yeah it's great right seems right up your alley um i want to talk now a little bit about uh about your high school year mika because i I was doing some research in prep for the show and found your max preps page and when i saw your numbers your senior year in high school you went to hillsdale is that right yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, um, they, they just jumped off the page. And so I, I wanted to make sure that we shouted these out. So you played in 20 games your senior season. In those games, you had 39 hits. Nine of those were doubles. So that's an extra base hit. One triple and then 10 home runs in, like I said, 20 games. That's just absolutely – those are just bonkers numbers. Like, you know, for, for stats folks, her OPS was like 1,700. So it's just like, what? That's, that's, like, like, that's a dumb number. That's, like, that's just like a, such an insane <laughs> – like you just don't see that. So I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about that because it feels like that success that you had in California, all the work that you put in at the plate in high school is now paying dividends for you in a Wildcat uniform. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to talk to you about what helped you to find that success in high school at the plate. 
I think just putting in a lot of time outside of practice too. Um, I found that like just having good, a good set of girls behind me to back me up and then also just making sure I do put in that extra effort and I do like do all my drills and this and this and that. I think that really helped me. Um, yeah, I kind of went into senior year like, okay, this is your last year. Just like have fun, make it a good time. Don't stress too much about softball because that's not what softball is supposed to do. So I, I kind of just was really just trying to have a good time during my senior year. Yeah. So, yeah. Seems like so, and after your senior year, so I remember right at the beginning of this season, maybe even before the season started, we talked a little bit about, you know, how Coach Amy Cohen is doing a great job. We have a whole bunch of great seniors and fifth years on the team, but she consistently builds up this freshman class. And I remember us talking about you being a player to watch and oh my goodness. So you've come out and have just had some really big moments this season. You've had 11 RBIs. You had back-to-back home runs. Like I was telling, I think it was last week, I was saying they bring Mika in to pinch hit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how's this going to go? And you hit a home run for heaven's sakes. (laughs) So um, can you talk to us a little bit about coming off the bench into pinch hit and kind of how you found success at the plate? Yeah, sure. Um, I think honestly, coming into pinch hit, I really enjoy it, actually. I know a lot of people don't like pinch hitting. They're like, oh, my God, I only get one chance and this and that. I'm just like, I honestly am just so grateful to be in the games because being able to play with everyone here, it's just a wonderful time. They're so talented and everyone's so just like competitive and athletic. I've been using that word a lot, but they really are. And I just am really grateful to be able to play here. So Whenever I get an at-bat, like, to pinch hit, I'm just like, well, do your job, number one, do your job, and just, like, kind of make the most of it. That's really all I'm here to do is make the most of my time. And so just going up, just not having a having a plan, but not thinking too hard about the at-bat. I find that most of my success comes from not overthinking. So, yeah. Uh, Me and Coach House talk about it a lot. Um, We say just go up there, swing the bat, and it works. So that's kind of just what I do. I love it. You seem to have a really laid-back attitude about all of this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to have done such incredible things already. I mean, two home runs as a freshman and back-to-back games is really incredible, Mika, and I mean, you strike me as being humble, but also laid back. Do you think that that helps your strategy in the game? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, whenever – I remember the first time I was in the starting lineup, I was just so shocked. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Yeah, it was just a wild time because it was in California. I was just like, okay, this is different. (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah um definitely though I think just like being calm and like having not a carefree but like a very mellow attitude towards each at bat and then just not holding on to anything in the past either just like oh that's also okay big thing I don't look at stats don't know what a lot of the abbreviations mean um 
yeah I mean just I I've tried to not to look at them just so I don't have stats in my head like okay like if you if you hit this one and you don't hit the next one you're going to be batting a 500 this and this and that and I once you start once I start thinking about that it just gets really muddy not good but yeah definitely just staying in the game and then just having a good time and trying to stay mellow key to my success <laughs> so yeah, I like that a lot to- Oh, I just want to mention one thing. Like whenever before we started the show, Mika said that she found out she was co-big sky player of the week from her mom. So just to reiterate the fact that she's not looking at stats, it's like, you know, I just found out I was co-big sky player of the week because somebody else told me. So I I think your attitude about all of this and your approach, Mika, is really awesome. Emily, sorry about it. No, you're okay. So I just have a quick question. You, you've said you, you're familiar with the competitive nature of just softball in school, like you said, in California, but focusing on basically not focusing about all the small things about softball, has that helped in the transition of being a student athlete? Have you been able to also focus on school? Yeah, I think at at the beginning of my college career, wow. Okay, but yeah, definitely at the beginning, I was struggling I was definitely just not prioritizing right. I think now that I'm in my second semester, I got it a little more on lockdown, I guess. Um, yeah, I'd say the first couple of weeks were just not my best, not my shining moments. Um, yeah, also homesickness, that also got to me a little bit. So yeah, but now, now I'm good. Now everything's really just yeah we're chilling here (laughs) yeah Mika one other thing that I wanted to um mention before we go so by the way you're batting 583 right now which is also a bonkers number um (laughs) nice uh I wanted to ask you uh a little bit about um about this stat so I uh, looking through preparing for the interview I noticed that thus far this season, you have 24 uh, at-bats. You have not struck out once, not a single time, in 24 appearances. And uh, of those, you, you've had some success. You've got 11. Uh, you've got 14 hits. So, you know, you go to the plate 24 times, 14 times, you come away with some kind of a hit. And, uh, and, that, and also that falls with 11 RBIs. And so I just wondered, like, strikeouts is one of the most difficult things about baseball and softball as well, right? That, like, just... Being yeah. able to get the bat on the ball and do something with it, you know, that's that's uh, players will go through these, you know, these these highs and lows, but it seems like you've been able to be very, very consistent, very deliberate at the plate, making sure that if the ball is it's going to go somewhere, or even if it's not, you're not swinging at pitches that you shouldn't be. Talk to us a little bit about that discipline to be able to see the ball well, because now you're playing at the college level. I'm sure that pitching is a little bit different than it was back in high school. Uh, but and you all have played a very very tough schedule thus far. You've seen some really great pitchers. So talk to us a little bit about that, about how you're able to maintain that discipline and put the ball in play when the opportunity presents itself. Because you've done a great job thus far. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I say one of my main goals, uh, probably everyone's main goal, is just especially when I'm pinching, is try to be productive, have productive at bats, whether that be like getting a walk or just like moving a runner, that's always my main goal. 
uh, I just found that I find that I don't usually mm, strike out looking. Striking out looking is one of those things that I will not allow myself to do. Mm. Not like a motto, but one of my just mentalities is like, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Mm. Just like you have to try till the end. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised I haven't struck out this season. But <laughs> um, yeah, I just that's one of the big things is just like as long as you're trying and as long as you're like putting in the effort before you're at bat, it's like it's all like a lead up to your at bat. And so I'm definitely putting in work before and yeah, just trying to swing and make contact. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I there's I feel like there's no real key to not striking out. You kind of just go up there and try your hardest. So yeah, I mean, competition here, pitching wise, and team wise, just really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. very different from high school. That was another major shift. That was just like, mm, sweet, okay. But yeah, it's, you have to adapt, and or I have to adapt. Um, yeah, just trying to improve every day, get better, and then don't let your accomplishments go to your head. Don't let your failures go to your head. Just kind of that. Okay. Uh, Mika, I've got just one last question for you, and then we can ask uh, Jessica and Emily if they've got any final questions for you. But on your on your Max Preps page, it mentioned the fact that uh, you had played both catcher and third base a couple of really key defensive positions in high school weber state currently has you listed as a as a catcher um but which of those uh did you feel more comfortable which was did you like better playing behind the dish as catcher or the hot corner at third base yeah i will i started out as a third baseman like my softball career i started out as a third baseman um i just like Eventually, I moved to catcher, and I really liked it. And so whenever I was recruiting and all of that, I would say I was more um, I was more geared towards catching, too. I found that, like, especially throwdowns. Love throwdowns. I'd say that was one of my favorite parts. That, and um, I don't know. I mean, third base is always really fun. Like, I find third base to be kind of what I started as but I do see myself as more of a catcher than a third base not saying I won't play third base but (laughs) uh definitely I see myself as a catcher now more so than I did so yeah yeah I'd say I'm definitely more geared towards catching at the moment yeah Yeah. catching is uh the thing that you know gets you the most excited to play defensively yeah Emily or Jessica, final questions for Mika before we let her go. Yeah, yeah I always, oh, go ahead, Emily. <laughs> Sorry, I just always like to ask: Is there? I mean, as a freshman, you obviously hear about rivalries. Is there a game you guys have already played, or you're really looking forward to play against any teams? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm super excited to play Northern Colorado for the sole reason that I was also looking into their school. <laughs> so I'm really excited to play them. Yeah, that's, I think, the biggest game that I'm going to be really pumped for. And my question is, what's been your favorite game so far? Hmm. 
I'm not really sure. I mean, like, I feel like every game is really fun, especially with the girls here. The girls make it so fun. The girls make each game just, like, really energetic and stuff. Uh, I mean, even though we lost the Southern Utah game, I think that was really fun. Just, like, just being able to, like, keep the energy up, all of that. That was just really fun. Another really fun game were the games in um, California. I found that a lot of us had a lot of energy and it was just like, it was like the warmer weather and just like us being able to all travel together. That was a really fun experience as well. Just the whole experience in California, I think was just really fun. So I'd say those were probably my favorite games. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mika Jong, we want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us a little bit about your journey from the Bay Area, like we said, and the success that you've had at the plate now um, in your first season in Wildcat uniform and having some continuing that success on. And so who knows? The sky's the limit at this point. <laughs> like we said, the numbers are really good so far. And um, this is just, you know, the first half of a no fully storied career in a Wildcat uniform. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. So... <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate you. So, Mika Chong, once again, thanks so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly. Thank you. We'll see you. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. You too. All right. We want to thank Mika Chong one more time for taking some time to chat with us here on Weaver State Weekly. Like we said, super fun. Guys, I like I like what you said. We're like, I, I could definitely see how her demeanor uh, definitely just kind of pays dividends at the plate where she's very, very patient. Very laid back, kind of let the pitcher pitch to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really paid, you know, in a lot of ways thus far for the Wildcats, and so uh, hopefully that uh, that mentality is infectious. Uh, I, I also like what she said about the energy. She's right, and we've talked to I think it was uh, I can't remember if it was Faith or Lauren Ho that talked about like being on the road and you know having to kind of like bring your own party, right? Because yeah. Wildcat the the softball club has to play on the road for a good portion of the non conference season just because of the nature of, you know, it's cold in Utah when they start out in February. So they're playing games in Arizona, they're playing in Arizona, uh, Nevada, Southern California, all of that. And so if I were to pick, like, it seems like that, that'd be the funnest squad to play with on campus. Yeah. Oh gosh. I yeah. Think, for sure. I think one of the most exciting things about Mika is her mentality as a freshman. Like she already kind of knows what's working for her and she already has so many years ahead of her. Yeah. Well, uh, let's um, let's change gears here now. Let's talk a little bit about this last weekend up in Pocatello, um, and then we'll look forward to the series coming up against Southern Utah. Uh, this will be the Wildcats' first conference homestand, and they'll have two back-to-back. They'll play SUU this week, and then next weekend they'll take on the Grizz. Um, but last week uh, we talked a lot. We made a lot of hay about this pitching staff for Pocatello uh, up in Pocatello for Idaho State. Uh, you know, Rainey and um, Mc. I want to make sure I got this right. McMurray, both of them had really low ERAs. Were top, you know, five six in the conference in ERA. And I and I had told you, ladies, that I was nervous that you know maybe the Wildcats would struggle offensively, and um, that that wasn't the case. Uh, they really, and especially Rainey, because you know she was supposed to be the toughest pitcher. She pitched two games, the first game and the third. And that third game, she gave up. I mean, the Wildcats ended up scoring seventeen runs in that third game, and it was a windy game. But she had like she gave up eleven of those runs, and so just Wildcats really just got to her. 
And so the question I wanted to put to you both was, I mean, what were you surprised by that? Was that, I mean, what was it that gave them so much success against what we thought was going to be a really, really tough outing against the squad? Um, I think I've noticed when I've been able to watch the team and not just watch the live stats, but one thing I've noticed is once they get on those like rolls, like the momentum starts going, like it's hard to stop them. Like it seems like once one cracks the pitcher, they all can. Yeah, I, I sort of noted that a little bit in that third game. Well, I guess maybe a little bit in that first game too, where it felt like Rainey would give up a hit or would walk somebody. And it's and it felt like just that that act of having somebody to watch on the bases made a difference mentally for her and maybe just it was just enough of her attention away from pitching that they just they were able to then just kind of get to her and chase her out of the game. And so I wondered if that was I noticed that in the, in those couple of games that it seemed like it made a difference that like you said did she get a little rattled. Yeah, and it looked in that first game I don't remember if it, if it was four or five innings, but like they seemed pretty even, right, in terms of pitching. And there in the beginning, I thought I was like, okay, this is going to be the game we thought it was going to be. And, and then it just changed, right? And after it changed in that first game, really the rest of the series looked different. I mean, we did have to come from a bit far behind in that third game, but right. overall, it just wasn't the match that I had anticipated. I certainly thought we would split to one. Um, and, and we just, we looked really good. And I think looking that good against the team that we knew was this good, not only with the pitching, but with their batting average was pretty high up there too. I, I am, I'm impressed with how we looked in the game. I did wonder a little bit because of how windy it was. Like, is this a factor for them? Cause I don't know like what the conditions are up there usually, right? Like if it's a periodic thing, I can see how that could impact their game. Cause you know, maybe we get more wind down here. Um, so I don't know how much that was a factor, but um, overall it, it definitely looked different than I thought it was going to this weekend. Yeah. Cause I was kind of with you, Jessica on that third game, you know, the Wildcats had won the doubleheader the previous day. So they had won the series at that point. Right. So I was like, okay, that's good. Uh, you know, I, I had hoped that we could go two one against this Bengals squad. Cause we talked a lot about it last week about like, this is not the Bengals of old who are just a doormat. They've got some quality wins against, you know, the likes of Boise state who, uh, like UNLV, who the Wildcats beat earlier in the season were favored to win the mountain West conference. Uh, so we don't know exactly what to expect. And so when they went down in that, in that third game, it was like, okay, you know, you went to one against a good, a good in-conference opponent. That's what it's going to be. The Wildcats, it was like, it was seven to three going into the fourth. The Wildcats get one back. And so it's like, okay, it's seven to four. And then they add two. So then it's nine to four. And it's like, well, that's what it is. But then those fifth and, and sixth frames, man, like just offensive explosion. And a lot of it was because of the long ball, right? So the Wildcats ended up hitting four home runs in, in that game which ties a school record, which they also tied against Utah in Ogden with four home runs in that game. And so they go for, and I mean, and this is where it really felt like, oh, the Wildcats, they could, they could win. Like they're going to win. Like we're not just writing this game off. Like they're going to sweep this. They get, they get five in the fifth and then they get eight in the sixth. And it's just like, 
okay, wow. Um, the, the offense is awake. I mean, thoughts on, on that offensive production because the, the previous games, you're scoring five runs and the pitching was good enough to hold, which is a great number, right? Like you don't want to see another repeat of like that CSU Northridge game where the Wildcats lose zero to one, right? Like we didn't see that this weekend. Yeah, it was great. And I think we talked a little bit about it last week. I can't really remember, but, you know, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago of, is it the pitching game or is it the hitting game? Like mm-hmm. what, which one kind of matters more with chicken before the egg here? And gosh, it, it was, it's both, right? Like to just be that incredible offensively um, against a team, once again, that we thought we might struggle with, that was what was most impressive to me, right? To have four home runs in that last game against somebody who are like, this might be the big, the best pitching team that we see in the Big Sky Conference, right? It just, you know, I, I can't wait for this weekend to see the crazy things we pull out, right? Yeah, certainly probably the best one-two punch that the Wildcats will face. Um, there are maybe better individual pitchers, Right. Uh, that the Wildcats will see, like um, Portland State has. Um, they've got a great pitcher in... And Sac State, too, right? Yeah, in Olivia Gray. And yeah, and then Sac State has Marissa Bertuccio. Um, both great, great, great pitchers, right? But, I mean, this one-two punch with Idaho State, with Haley Rainey and Emma McMurray, I mean, there's not really anything else like that in the conference. Right. I definitely think... Of the teams to start off conference play, I think it happened the best way it could. I mean, obviously, I think I think we all thought that game through was slipping out of our hands, but yeah. I think knowing we can come over that hurdle at the start of the Big Sky uh, Conference, sorry, and just seeing like what what's next, because like we said, I mean, each teams have good pitchers, but not like more. Like a, this is a good pitching team. Yeah, they were. And, 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 and we talked about it last week as well, that they were also a very productive team at the plate. You know, going into that series, the, the Bengals were like the th- – right now they're the third best, you know, but like they were up there like top three batting team in the conference, even ahead of Weber State, who's, you know, right now hitting 282 as a team. They're hitting 285 now. But, you know, the Bengals, it was it, – we, we talked a lot about how it was this kind of like perfect mix of good pitching – with a really good hitting, but the, the one thing was they were a little bit up and down. They were a little bit inconsistent, and uh, it felt like maybe that that came back to get them because, especially in that third game, um, they let it get away from them when it looked like you know at, at nine to four going into the fifth, like you're getting close now to maybe if you can score a couple more, you're going to run rule the Wildcats, you know, which so that's saying something, but it wasn't to be. So I guess we can wrap up this conversation about Idaho State by, I don't know, if there, if there was a way to talk about this series in a single moment, what would it be for you? Chloe, home run, top of the fifth, third game. Because I yeah. think it was the turning point, just what you were talking about, where it was like, oh, we might lose this one. And then it's like, no, no, no. Here, welcome, Chloe. And then it was bam, 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 right after that to have – you know, that many home runs. And I think, you know, part of it is that energy and seeing like, oh, we can do this. And, we're, you know, and I, I think from there, it switched that third game. And it was just a crazy third game, right? Yeah, 17 really points is just out of this world. So that that would be the moment I would use. 
Yeah, I mean, because like we said, the Wildcats end up winning that game 17 to 11. It's not like the Bengals didn't have their own production. They did. Mm-hmm. Jessica Emily. beat me to it. I was about to say it was Chloe. I mean, <laughs> with a player like Chloe, like she she is a big part of Weber State softball. I mean, she's what, isn't this her fifth year? We talked about that earlier. Um, right. And for her to go up there already leading home runs and to just kind of like say like, hey, we're not done. Like if she can tell the team that, the team can produce. Yeah. I um f- so for me it was um it was that moment but it was because I mean you well you all didn't take make the trip up there but um the, it was that third game was funny because there was a color commentator which there weren't in there wasn't in the previous two games on Friday and so the color commentator is talking about oh there's so much wind that you know nothing's going to get out of the infield and then like immediately like as he's saying those words Chloe hits that bomb that begins that big run to really get the Wildcats back into the game where, you know, they're down five runs. And then all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. Now they're back in it. You know, that, like we said, in that frame, they end up scoring five to say like, Hey, we're here. And so it's just like, Oh wow. Okay. That's, that's what we're doing. And so I like that moment too, because like I said, I think that that's where the switch flips, but it was funny to me that on the broadcast, the guy's like, there's nothing getting out of the infield and blah, blah, blah. And then like immediately Chloe hits a bomb. And it's like <laughs> broadcasters, like the, the perfect broadcasters jinx. For the sake Broad of the it. Bengals, he probably should have bit his tongue, but I mean, I'm not complaining. <laughs> we, yeah, we came out of Pocatello with a sweep. Yeah. So should have known better. Yeah. But it is what it is. So now let's let I wanted to talk and shift a little bit now and, and look to the future. So like we no, noted, the Wildcats win all three of those games in Pocatello against Idaho State. Um, good, good series. And, you know, it feels weird a little bit saying that. But as we noted last week, this is not an easy Idaho State team. And should the Wildcats see them again, um, you can expect probably a tough battle. Because like we said, those first two, I mean, that second game, you know, they held on by the skin of their teeth to win 5-4. And, uh, and there wasn't a lot of offense until the later innings. And so, right. yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're going to be a tough opponent in the conference tournament. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about SUU uh, because SUU is a different kind of opponent, aren't they? SUU is, they're bad. They're bad in a lot of ways. They are the worst. <laughs> they are the That's worst batting to, team. To in the, put it. Yeah, they're the worst batting team in the conference. They are the worst pitching team by far in the conference. Um, they're just bad in so, so, so many ways. And so they're coming in here. Uh, I had the record in the notes. They're coming in here 0 of 6 in conference play. So they've lost both of the series that they've played, all games. And they're coming in 3 and 26 overall. They have won just three games, which, by the way, they beat Wisconsin. Like, what is that? Right. What is that? <laughs> How'd that happen? I don't know. It's, it's weird. But they're coming in 3 of 26 overall. They've won just three games. And so this the way that I saw this series was like a trap series in a way. Cause it's like, you know, this is a bad opponent. Everybody's beating up on this opponent. So in your ladies' minds, like how do the wildcats make sure that they don't get complacent against this opponent, take care of business, win all three games and go up six. zero in conference play. One of the hard things about the big sky is like, I feel like, I mean, I mean, I'm not an athlete, but I personally am like, well, we have a rivalry against this team, this team. I feel like every team in the big sky is a rivalry. So dare I say, like, don't count the birds out. Like, I know I just said he should have the, that announcer should have bit their tongue. Maybe I need to bite mine, but just don't count them out. You need to play this like 
it's the top team. Yeah, don't play because, down to the competition. Handle business. Yeah, like it's just they need to go in there like they would against the top team. And that's it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I have obviously a really similar approach to it. I think go in and, you know, let's start Mo or start Arissa and get started, right? And mm-hmm. let's play play the game like we would. And I think this could absolutely be a game where we can get a lot of experience from a lot of different players once we, you know, get into the series. But I think let's start out strong, don't do something different. Because I think that might be the inclination of to start different from the get-go. But let, let's play and not overlook this team, and then we can mix it up a little bit as we start to get through the weekend. Because, right, if they're beating Wisconsin, <laughs> then something's then it's possible, right? Yeah. So, um, so we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that the Wildcats had tied that four home run in a game mark twice this season, which is, is the team record. The birds are coming in with an 8.96 ERA. It is by far, it is like double the next worst ERA. It's, it's bad, bad. So that, you know, for those who don't know the baseball stats or, you know, stats like this ERA is, you know, is the earned run average. It's how many, you know, runs they're giving up on average per appearance. They're giving up roughly nine runs a game. That's how many runs they're giving up roughly. And so for the Wildcats, like, like we said, four home runs, we've got kind of this perfect storm now where we have a very talented and potent offense who has shown they put up 17 on the, on the Bengals the last time that they faced them in Pocatello. I mean, is there a, the possibility that the Wildcats could break that team record and go five home runs? Because they they like to hit at Wildcat softball field. I almost, I mean, I don't want to say anything too poor about the Birds, but I want that record to be beat on a team that doesn't have that ERA. Like, it's like, well, you did what we expected. I would love to see that with like a, to be honest, a better team. I would love to see them break that record with a better team, but... I'll be happy regardless. Yeah. I'm going, yes, let's break it. Let's go for five. Let's have Chloe get two in a game. I'm looking at, you know, national stats and I'm like, somebody from Sac State is above Chloe right now in home run. She's pretty consistent. She's sitting 47 right now. But, you know, this is a great weekend to bump ourselves in home run stats. This could be the chance. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Like this could definitely be the chance because this birds team has not had a lot go right for it. And, and we're so, home, right? And they're home, right? And, and as we've seen already, like the Wildcats really play well at home, which is a good sign because the conference tournament will be played in Ogden again this year. And so, uh, you know, if the Wildcats continue to play the like they did against Utah, the way they against it, that that Utah Valley game, no doubt they left no doubt in that game. Like the, it wasn't <laughs> like the game in St. George. Uh, where they were playing in the Dixie State tournament, um, they took care of business and they they put the Wolverines out early, and so that's a good sign. And so that's why I'm I'm very interested to see how the next six games, well, really seven games, I think it's a seven game homestand, because um, Utah will come back to Ogden one more time, I believe. Um, I'm interested to see how this pans out because it it's clear to me that the Wildcats like playing at home, and that bodes well for the challenges that will come as the, as the weeks wear on last question. Um, and you, you, you sort of hinted at this a little bit, Jessica, about kind of 
get things rolling early against, you know, play your game, get things rolling early against the birds and then start to tinker with lineups. Mm -hmm. I mean, once again, the birds worst batting average in the conference, they're hitting 210. Um, so how do you handle pitching in this one? Because we've got some pitchers like Arissa Henderson who have been very, very good. Um, do you give them some time off? Uh, do you let somebody like Mandy Sink take a little bit more? I mean, Mandy Sink had a really big game up in Pocatello. I think it was that second game that she pitched in uh, and, and did a pretty, pretty good job. And so I don't know, like, how do you, how do you handle the pitching in this game where you know, or the series when you know that the team you're facing has not hit the ball well, they haven't seen it well. And so is that an opportunity to, to maybe get some of the pitchers who haven't had as much opportunity because of the strength of the schedule, give them some opportunities against um, an opponent who is not playing their best softball right now? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Go Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I, I think you, you bring out Arissa and Mo. Like, I think that they will get a chance to rest. But, you know, even getting out and playing in a game is is good for them as well to not have so much time off. I think absolutely this is going to be a weekend where we get to see Maddie Peterson a little bit more. We've seen her a few times this season, but, you know, certainly let's have that experience because why we're strong now is because we have strong pitchers. So we want to make sure that they get that experience. We just shouldn't come out cocky. We need to come, come out and play like we would normally play with a different team. And then there will be plenty of time, you know, in later innings or later games where we can mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Thoughts, Emily. Um, I just think one of my favorite parts about this Weber state team is, I mean, Arissa is amazing. Mo is amazing, but I'm not worried if they're not up there. Like we have the depth of our pitching squad is, is there. And so I think, as long, like Jessica said, as long as we're treating it like any other any other opponent, I'm not too worried about whoever is going to be out there. Which I said, which I think speaks a lot about the team. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if this is potentially the opportunity where you might see uh, Jacqueline Gold come out. Uh, we haven't we haven't seen her really at all this season. Uh, I think that you know, obviously, like she's talented, and there's some opportunity there, but maybe. It's tough this year's rotation to crack because uh, Arissa has been so dominant and, you know, Mo has earned her spot being, you know, the reigning conference pitcher of the year. Plus Mandy Sink has been very good in spots. And so like with those three, it's just been really, really hard to crack, you know, even Maddie Peterson hasn't had a lot of appearances. And so I just wonder if once, like you said, Jessica, you start to see folks get comfortable and they get settled in and the game is sort of in hand. And we say, okay, we're going to try some things. We're going to bring some folks out who haven't maybe had as much opportunity to play and use this as, as a chance to kind of build that depth and, um, and, and some confidence. The other thing I was going to see on the other side of the ball at the plate was we saw Mariah Ramirez get into one against Idaho state um, and kind of return to that 2021 form where she was hitting bombs. You know, we had an interview with her last season and we, we said she's like Shohei Otani, right? Like she's she's hitting bombs and she's absolutely dominating lights out pitching. You know, now Arissa Henderson is doing that. Plus Mo Ramirez, it feels like, is getting that swagger back at the plate. That's a thing that I want to see this this weekend is it would be nice to see Mo Ramirez get, get that confidence back at the plate because we know she has the slug. We know she has the power. And so she can get that swagger going into, you know, the rest of the, of the conference slate. Man, that's going to pay dividends for the Wildcats, I think. 
I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Emily, any final thoughts on SUU? No, I just, we got to send them out on a sweep. There's nothing better than beating the birds. Like, come oh. on. <laughs> so I'm Hashtag. pumped. <laughs> Hashtag beat the birds, obvi. Like, that's what I always put Like, we them. have to send them out the way they deserve. Like, I have no problem. Three and oh, we're done. <laughs> I'm with you. Send them packing. All right, so uh, let's take a look at the upcoming schedule then. Um, Like we noted, this weekend, Wildcats will be facing Southern Utah at Wildcat Softball Field Friday, April 8th. Uh, There'll be a doubleheader on Friday. It'll be kind of the the format for the Wildcats and for all softball uh, in conference for the remainder of the season. So two games on Friday, one on Saturday. So 2 p.m. at Wildcat Softball Field on Friday, April 8th. Then the second game at 4 p.m., you can watch the game on ESPN Plus like me, or you can just go up to the ballpark and try and um, get in on, you know, if you got to take off work a little bit early, get up there for that second game at 4 p.m. Um, tickets are at WeaverStateSports.com. Um, just buy the season tickets. I bought two. They're 45 bucks a piece. Like, they're, it's, it's right there for you, man. So then um, Saturday, April 9th, Wildcats will face the Birds for at least, as far as we know, one final time. Uh, we'll see what the conference tournament brings, but Saturday, April 9th, 12 PM Wildcat softball field. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at the weather, but uh, I don't know weather's supposed to be good this weekend. Do you all know by chance? Um, I think it might be like not as hot as Friday, but it's not going to be a awful weekend from what I remember. Okay. Like I think Friday's going to be in the seventies. Like, Oh, nice. But it is Friday, 72, Saturday, 53, Oh, it is no. not supposed to rain either day. The weather app has lied to me before. So, yeah. It, it lied to me yesterday. So, let's. <laughs> it, it's a big drop it, to it from 70 time, to 50. So. Yeah, but it is Utah. And so, it's Utah in April. If you've been in Utah long enough and you know what Utah weather is like in April, it can go from being the nicest day on the planet to snowing in the same. It's supposed April. to snow on Tuesday. So, you're really just speaking the truth. <laughs> Yeah, like April is just wild in Utah. You know, there have been times where the ski resorts close and then they get a big snowstorm and it's like, oh, that sucks, you know, because that could have added to the base, but whatever. Um, then Happens. next weekend, Wildcats will be facing Montana. Uh, the Grizz are coming to town. And so Friday, April 15th, there'll be two games, uh, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., just like this week. And then Saturday, April 16th, a game at noon. Games, like I said, are on ESPN Plus, or you can just get your tickets and go up there. I mean, guys, you can go up there and boo the Grizz. Is there anything better? There really isn't. No. <laughs> go boo. Like, we get the birds one weekend, then you get the Grizz the next weekend. Like, that's so much opportunity to boo conference rivals. Like, it's great. It's just phenomenal. So go take I'm excited for the Grizz. They're four and two. I think that's going to be a yep. good matchup. And there's nothing better than beating the Grizz. I say that about every team. I'm the worst. I just, if you're not Weaver, it's Weaver State or Bust. But I love beating the Grizz too. <laughs> yeah, the Grizz have kind of a similar thing going on right now where they are uh, also a good hitting team, second in the conference right now with a team BA of 288. Uh, pitching a little bit run of the mill, you know, kind of middling for the conference, maybe a little bit low, in fact. They're team ERA right now, 4.16. And so they've got an even 16 and 16 win loss record. So, but I think that you're right. They, they're a team that can beat you. Um, I think that they, I think that opening series, I have to go and check really fast, but I think that opening series, they ended up beating Portland state. 
Um, I believe they beat at least one. I don't remember if it was a series. Was it? If it was a series, I don't know the whole outcome, but I know they at least beat them once. I think. Yeah. No. They 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 didn't win the series, but they did win the Saturday game five four. And um, so Portland State, um, uh, like we've talked about, th- that that final series against against the Vikings in Portland at the at, at the end of the at the season for the Wildcats is going to be probably really big. Um, and the Grizz were able to take one, so. They're not a pushover. Uh, it should be a good series against against them. I'd be excited to see how. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, I'm just saying I'd be excited to see what Montana, how Montana comes into Ogden after that, off of that SUU win. I mean, it's kind of complete opposite. So I'm excited to see how they try and handle the cats. Yeah, and one thing to note is the COVID year. Um, I think it was in 2020 before the season got canceled. The Wildcats did lose to Montana down at the Grand Canyon tournament. And that was sort of like a salty thing and like in a wound for me because it was like we freaking lost to the Grizz. Like we're going to get them back. And then we didn't get them back because the season got canceled. So, so we'll see. Um, email weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We got Patreon, like I said, and the blog. I'm, I'm serious, guys. I really am going to post those interviews from uh from patreon this week i really am going to do it i just been really busy i haven't done it but i really will do it i promise it's going to happen and then everybody can go and watch those recruiting interviews uh because they're great but that's the show thank you ladies both for taking some time to chat with us wrap it up like we usually do weber state weber state great 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 go wildcat (laughs) 